This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi, I'm Simona Costantini, founder and CEO of Costantini Productions, a full-service podcast production agency that operates just outside of Toronto, Canada. Simona, this is going to be a good one. I am so excited about this one. And I am too. Thank you for having me. Of course. Who else would I talk to about podcasts except our amazing podcast producer? And we know that it will be recorded well and the sound is going to be perfect. And <laughs> so all of these things are going to, you know, it's going to be just so easy to get the, the whole episode going. So our big question, we're going to ju- just jump right in. Our big question is not necessarily how do you do a podcast or what is a podcast or all those kind of generic things that you see But how do you monetize a podcast? And the reason, so I'm going to also kind of put a little sub description into that question. The reason I am kind of covering that topic is because this is not something that really occurred to me when I first started this podcast. And as you know, it's kind of been a a long journey getting, you know, the whole podcast up and running. And so, you know, you and I talk about what that journey was like, and then how the idea of actually monetizing this podcast came about. So let's mm-hmm. start. Let's let's talk about your first thoughts about how do you monetize a podcast? It's a, such a great question. And I think that it's inter- it's a really interesting question because if I look at across the board, all of my clients, everyone wants to know how to monetize their podcast, right? And while it yeah. might not be like the first thing that they think about when you launch, because ultimately you have to launch the podcast before you can monetize the podcast, right? But ultimately... I always go through a few different ways that they can do that, depending on their niche market, the industry that they're in and all of that. I have seven different ways that you can monetize um, a podcast. I'm happy to dive into those if you want right off the bat. Yes, absolutely. Because off the top of my head, when Mm -hmm. I first started, my thought was one, that like there, there was one main purpose and function of the podcast. And that's basically just advertising and sort of getting my voice and ideas out to a broader audience. And that was about as ex- as much thought as I put into it. And so if you've got seven ideas, that's way more than where I started. <laughs> I do. I've got seven ideas. And so, okay. you know, when you and I first started your podcast, and we had talked about this too, and ultimately you wanted a space where you could just help lawyers learn the back end of marketing without having to pay for a really expensive consultant to come and tell them, you know, X, Y, and Z. I think yeah. that it's a great concept for a podcast just to begin with because yeah you could pay a consultant to teach you all these things but how much better is it to be able to go into a meeting with said consultant with a basic understanding of what you're actually talking about and knowing what you really want to be getting out of that right because if there's anything that I've learned I mean I've been in marketing for a long time and communications for a long time but if there's anything I learned especially through listening to your episodes is that there are a million and one different ways that you can do your marketing. And the episode that you had with Michelle about, you know, planning out your your marketing strategy. I think a lot of the times we think that it all has to be done in Q1, right? Like I got to have it all figured out in Q1. And so when you look at the podcast, it's kind of similar because a lot of the times people think that all of the stuff has to be done in the first two months of launching your podcast. Yes. 
right? And so, the, but the thing is, is when you're in those first few months of launching your podcast, you're proving the concept, right? You're, you're testing the waters. You're seeing what episodes are resonating with what audience. What, you know, what, is your, what do your people want to hear from you the most? It really is like a, a marketing campaign, a, a little miniature, not miniature, it is a marketing campaign in and of itself. Yeah. And in any marketing campaign, you don't start knowing what's going to work. And so you have to start with some flexibility, knowing that you're going to you know, try different things, figure out what resonates, and then kind of come back and, and have mm-hmm. a, a kind of coming to Jesus or whatever you want to call it, where you like look at the numbers and then kind of adjust as necessary. Exactly. And you kind of figure out what it is that you want to do. And I'm sure you even feel this way too. Like, you know, in the beginning, you have your list of guests that you want to have on and you have your list of people that you want to have on. But then as as you grow, you're like, you know what? Let's talk specifically about this and let's find the expert yes. in this. Let's talk specifically about, 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 about this and then find yeah. the expert in that. And right. I just think that podcasting has so many different opportunities. And it's why I love this platform so much because there's yeah. so much you can do. So did you want me to go into some of the monetization? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, let's talk about the seven. Okay, so let's talk about the seven. So, of course, okay, so when you talk about monetization, of course, sponsorship is the first thing that comes to every single person's mind. Right. It's all about getting that sponsor on your show, you know, making the big bucks and having it ultimately pay for the cost of your production, right? That's the Yeah, <laughs> yeah because, I mean, to back up one step, if you're doing a, a good podcast and you're doing everything right, it is not a cheap endeavor. And so by looking at it as a marketing campaign and planning that piece of it out, you need to keep that that budgetary item in mind that yeah. you, you know, will need a, a producer, you need certain software, you're going to need equipment, you're, you're going to need a lot of different things. And then there's a lot of ongoing costs. Mm-hmm. And so you need to plan for that. Otherwise, exactly. it's just going to fail. So exactly. knowing that you have all these costs and then being able to offset that with sponsorship is amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, really goes back, you know, even more back in that when you're doing the podcast, when you're starting the podcast to begin with, it's really being clear about your why. Why are yes. you starting the podcast, right? If it's to make a ton of money, perfect. That's a right. very reasonable why. If it's yes. just to educate, perfect. Also equally as reasonable, right? And so I think it's about making sure that you are very clear in what your direction is going into the podcast because then that will dictate the type of sponsorship that you're trying to get on your show. Yes, that makes a lot of sense because then you look at the sponsors based on, do I care about making this really profitable or or am I just looking to cover my costs? And if I care about making it profitable, I need a sponsor that's going to probably pay me two or three times what, you know, just a covering their cost kind of sponsor would, would pay. Exactly. And, you know, okay, so when you look at regular sponsorship, it is a bit of a harder me- like method to create a lot of money because it's based off of downloads, right? So the industry standard is 20 to $25 per 1,000 downloads. And so that's cost per mile. So your cost per mile is 20 to $25. And you essentially, that, that rate depends on if you're placing the ad in the beginning of the episode, the middle of the episode, or the end of the episode. So that is also you have to keep in mind as well. So, you know, if your rate is $20 and you're getting about 1,000 downloads per episode, you're at what, 120 for the month, right? Yeah. And so you got to make sure that that rate actually makes sense for you. So, you know, that's where it gets a little bit different is that you can... Yes, the industry average is $20, $25. But 
if you have a product that's niche enough, that's specific enough that you're targeting to your audience that you know that they're going to need, you have more leverage there, right? Yeah. You can increase that rate a little bit. Yeah. Especially because, yeah, exactly. Because you know that this isn't just a really broad group of listeners that might be across all, you know, whatever. For example, this, this podcast is almost exclusively lawyers. And so someone who's looking to advertise to lawyers would get a a very condensed group of that type of clientele. Whereas like if you're looking at a broader, more nationwide podcast, you might get 10 or 15% of that audience is lawyers. So it's the same number. (laughs) Exactly. And your ROI as a sponsor becomes even greater the more niche down. I think if you have a niche down audience and your listenership, like your audience is engaged and is listening to your entire episode, that rate of completion and like that likelihood that they're going to go and purchase that product is a lot more because it's actually relevant to them in their lives, right? Whereas, you know, if I'm listening to your podcast, I'm not a lawyer. The specific thing that you're promoting may not be relevant to me, even though I enjoy your episodes, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like that's the difference, right? Exactly. Yeah, so that's so that's the first way is through so that's number through sponsors. one. That's number one. Yeah. The next okay. the next few don't require like that much more explanation. It's just, you know, a lot of people are so um, intrigued by sponsorship, right? Like how do I get the exactly. sponsor and all that? So I just want to provide some more context. So okay. The next way is self-sponsorship. So that can be through promotion of your courses, your digital media products. You're talking about, you know, maybe you are a I don't know, what kind of lawyer could we be here? So you could be an estate planning law- mm. lawyer who has like a, let's say you have some app or some software that you sell over on the side and it's almost a separate company or sometimes mm. it is a separate company and that company is paying the podcast. Is that kind of what you're alluding to? Sort of you have separate parts of your business and one is paying the other? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay. if you run a course through your business, you can take that course and you can be promoting it through your own podcast and, and, yeah. and kind of doing it that way. The next way that I like to monetize podcasts is by creating your own ads for your own services. So oh, this would be yes. more service-based. So book a consultation call with me. Um, here's yes. a free 30-minute free assessment. You know, do you need, you know, an injury lawyer? Book yeah. your 30 minutes here, right? How do you figure out your marketing budget? Maybe there's a quiz right on my website that helps you to figure that out. Exactly. Which there is. <laughs> which there is. Link in the show notes. No. Yeah, exactly. and then, but then on the flip side of that, like if you're a lawyer listening to this right now and your firm has budget for advertising, why not find yeah. a podcast where you right. can niche down to people who maybe want to learn more about estate planning? Yeah, there's a lot of attorneys that we work with that have parallel businesses. So mm. like estate planners work with financial planners and they kind of share clients and referrals and things like that. So maybe mm. there's a podcast for financial planners that would have you on to talk about estate planning. Exactly. Exactly. And then in that way, you're sort of promoting your own, you know, cross promoting your services. The next way is through a donation link. So a lot of people don't don't actually know this and we can take a, a, a donation link. You can do this through Stripe. You can do this through Buy Me A Coffee. Like there's a bunch of different websites to do this. And you just put the link in your show notes and you make a mention of it at the beginning of your podcast, at the end of your podcast, or even in your social media copy, right? Like yes. if you want to support the show, leave us a donation here, right? Yeah. So that's I just love a the Buy dollars. Me A Coffee. Yeah. And I love the Buy Me A Coffee idea because I've seen a lot of creators lately on Instagram talking about how, you know, th- these are really creative people spending 
hours and hours and hours every week putting together their content and it's all free. And so they talk about this is my livelihood. And if you are enjoying this and, you know, know, the very least you can do is not just show me the support with the likes and the comments and all that stuff, but, you know, at least just buy me a coffee here and there. And it seems like such a minor thing to do. It's not like it's not a huge uh, obligation. Exactly. And it's just a couple of dollars here and there just to show some support. I like the content, really like what you're doing, keep going, you know? So I really like that way. And then through sort of a similar lens, you can do like a Patreon or a membership donation-based thing. So in a Patreon or like a membership, you're giving people exclusive content. So, Uh. you know, maybe your listeners through the network that you know that we're on you're getting your four episodes per per month if you want exclusive content on x y and z join us on patreon you'll get one extra interview per month and you know additional resources like you just build it up a little bit to make it yes. feel like more valuable for people you know i've heard a lot about this one lately and some people are calling them and, and i'm not maybe this is a different thing but some people are calling them private podcasts where mm-hmm. um, sometimes they have entirely private podcasts where you have to subscribe and you have to pay a certain amount and then the way you described it is sort of like a half private half public so exactly. that you can pull people in and then also have some some of the content behind a paywall, which it makes so much more sense. I mean, when you look at even like newspapers, New York Times and things like that, that's how they, they monetize it. You know, exactly. they have a certain amount of content available and they pull you in and then you get halfway through that article and you're like, uh, and they're like, do you want to continue? Yes. <laughs> Pay $1.99. And you're like, exactly. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> exactly. It's, and it's always the juiciest articles too. Yes, you know? of course. Of course, they know. They're, they're looking at their numbers and they're like, oh, which one can we get more of those $1.99s? <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh yeah, people are going to love this one. Yes. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's so just yeah. setting up another paywall. Exactly. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, that intense. Like it can just be, you know, maybe you have like one really epic guest or something like that per month. Right. And that person joins you and then people have to pay to to get access to it. And it doesn't have to be a lot either. Like if you go through a Patreon, it's around $5 a month, $10 yeah. a month to support a yeah. podcast. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. That's that's such a cool idea that I've kind of heard little whispers of, but you don't really hear people talking about it in terms of like your whole monetization plan. Exactly, exactly. And um, there's two other really quick ones. And then you said monetization plan. And I really like that you said that because I'm, I want to come back to that, um, okay. if that's okay with you. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. The other two are through affiliate links and through oh. freebies. So if you are an affiliate, so I'll take like for my own business, for example, I use a software called Descript. And so yeah. I would put my Descript affiliate link in my show notes, make mention of it in my podcast. And then anyone else who wants to edit their podcast with this really simple way that, you know, isn't overly complicated here, here's the free trial through through Descript, right? Yeah. And I've even seen, I, I saw recently that you have this cool download for like the equipment. And first of all, when we first started working together, you provided this and it was so helpful because starting a podcast, there are so many details and it can be very overwhelming and it takes a while. And the equipment alone is totally your brain can just explode just on that topic alone so um you've got this download it's got your recommendations for all of your equipment i'm assuming it's the same one that i've seen where you've got kind of low medium and high end stuff but the nice thing in there is you could even have links to amazon and have affiliate amazon links and things like that and get some kind of affiliate stuff there too which i did (laughs) perfect 
<laughs> for You're everyone so listening, go get my download. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. And like, that's another way too. So that would be the last way that I was just mentioning as well is freebies. So if you have like a free estate planning document or a free checklist on what to look for in a lawyer before you commit, like all of yes. those things are great, great, great resources to be advertising on your podcast. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Those That's such a great, uh, and those are simple. And you should definitely have some version of that, whether mm-hmm. you're really even looking to think of it in term, uh, like a bit broader scale monetization process or just part of your marketing plan. Because if your goal is really just for it to be a piece of your marketing tools, you need to have a plan for how you're going to capture that traffic. And so maybe it is the freebie. And the freebie does a combination of like pulling the traffic in and having the links in there and giving that away, but also just capturing traffic for your newsletters and things like that. And then now they're in your sequence, right? And so, you know, when you and I were first starting your podcast, we had sat down and we looked at all of the different avenues and we looked at, you know, how are we going to market the launch, like in all of these different pieces. And so what I love to do, and this is more like for at a launch, but what I love to do is take a look at all of the moving pieces. How does everything work cohesively together? How do we blend your website, online marketing, digital marketing, you know, organic marketing, newsletter, word of mouth, referrals, like all of that. Like what, where is the traffic coming in from? And then how does the podcast fit into your marketing strategy? It's not meant to create all this additional work. Yeah, there is work that goes into having a podcast, of course. Of course, yeah. But it's not meant to create a whole new big thing. It's about leveraging the existing pieces that you have in your business. And then how do we incorporate those, right? Same with a monetization plan. Exactly. And how do we get those out to a broader audience? And how does that just pull more people in? Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. So monetization plan. I love it. So I was going to say when you brought that up, it triggered in me. I was like, oh, I was like, I have to mention this. All of these different ways, all of these seven different ways, you can use them as like coexisting. Like you can have, you know, a mention of a freebie, like you said before, freebie, and then add in your affiliate links. Maybe your, your call to action at the end of the show or in your outro is, you know, if you like what you heard, book a consultation call. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's three ways now that you've included monetization in your podcast in one episode without even having to do anything other than just record it and slot it in. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these the seven ideas are not standalone. Like that you you can and should probably use multiple of these different ideas so that you're really kind of hitting the angle on different in different ways so that you're making sure that you're if you if it, if it matters that you're covering your costs maybe with some sponsorship and but then you're also capturing your traffic and you're you know doing all the things that you need to basically make your podcast successful. I mean, exactly. it's it's not going to be successful and you're not going to want to keep doing it long term if it's just draining money out of your account every month and it's so much work that you can't keep it up. So, you know, you have to make a plan for all that stuff in, in order for it to, it to be successful. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. And so when it comes to that monetization piece, even for, you know, anytime a client wants to monetize their podcast, we're looking at it and it's, a cohesive plan and it's how are we using these different strategies at different times right like you don't like you can use them all interchangeably or are we recording a set of ads a series of ads that are being rotated and every single week has its own ad until x y and z has launched right Right. so there's a lot of different ways to to do it and i think that's the the fun part is building out the strategy for that so 
Yeah, because you could even, I know at one point we were talking about seasons and how certain podcasts have seasons. And usually that is because they have a very specific subject or topic that they're covering. And so that wasn't right for this podcast. Yeah. But if you had that where you were covering very specific topics or subject or a storyline or whatever that might be, you could have different sponsors that were appropriate for each of those different seasons too. So all of that, once again, it's just part of the plan. You have to kind of lay it all out, make a plan, and exactly. then plop in the appropriate things for that. Exactly. And I think seasons too is good for people, especially when they're getting started, just to see like how much work it is. Like if you don't want to hire someone on full time to help you produce the show and all of that, like that's totally fine, right? And it just helps you yeah. understand like how much work it, work goes into it. And yeah. also like, you know, how much time you have to commit to it, right? I like seasons, uh, but again, you have to think about what are your podcast goals, right? If your yeah. goals are to yeah. grow, you don't want to do seasons because yeah. when you drop off and stop producing content, it takes a nosedive and then it takes right. time to build people back up again because they're not used yeah. to hearing from you anymore. They've you know? forgotten about you. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, we have way too much content and data and info and all that stuff coming at us on a daily basis. Oh yeah. That, you know, if you're gone for a couple of months, people are gonna assume it's dead. Like it's, it's that's that's the end of that podcast. Exactly. And then you pop back yeah. up and they're like, Oh, whatever happened to her? I made that mistake. I made that <laughs> yeah. mistake in twenty twenty one. I got so busy, I couldn't keep up with my own podcast. I just I was I had so much on the go and I was like, you know what, it's fine. Let me just take a break. Do you know how long it took to get back oh. up to where it took me three months? Oh, it took man. me three months. And to me, it's not worth it. I would never do no. it again. Never. Yeah. Do it again. Well, that's a that's an excellent piece of advice, too, because I feel like that's another thing that when I was researching everything, people were putting in their strategies is think mm. of it in terms of seasons. And for the same reasons you mentioned, like, you know, maybe it helps you have, uh, you know, kind of schedule it out and take a break and everything. But when you're taking a break, then your traffic and all that work just spirals and goes down the drain. So yeah, yeah it's it's usually not a great approach it's unless you have some approach. really really desperate reason reason to do that. exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. and like you know would I do it again if I were to go back and do it I would never do that again like I've had yeah. my podcast for three years never missed a day until like the summertime of 2021 and yeah would never do that again I will always make sure that it goes out <laughs> yeah and and the re the alternate option for that and the way that that we do this is we get way ahead and we schedule stuff so that it's not that I am not ever taking a break yeah. it's that we bulk these episodes up so that you know for example I know that when summer hits and my kids are out of school my schedule is crazy oh, yeah. and you know not a reliable thing so I am not going to have as much time to record during the summer so from now until summer I'm you know kind of double timing the the episode so that we can be way ahead yeah. and that if I need to take a break, we can. Mm -hmm. So it's not that you can't take a break. It's just that you need to plan for it and make exactly. sure that the show stays consistent the rest mm -hmm. of that time. Yeah. Exactly. And then on top of that, by you doing that on my end becomes so much easier to edit them because like you know I have a production schedule right I have yes. every single my, one of my clients has the time slot that I edit every single thing if the episode is not ready in time right then it's thrown off my entire production it's schedule. a mess it's a mess yes and it happens a lot right because yeah. you know not everyone plans ahead right yeah Even, like no matter how much you try and that's okay it's a learning experience it happens right right but by having those episodes available 
I'm yeah. like, oh, I got a random Thursday night where I'm not doing anything. Let me edit an episode to get us ahead. And, yeah, and then you can get ahead. Uh, yes. And then you can get ahead. And so, yeah. And th- that way it's, it was more work initially to yeah. get kind of ramp up and get all those episodes done and mm-hmm. get ahead. And then, you know, during the holidays, that was the break. And so now we have to kind of ramp back up and get yeah. ahead again. But, you know, we're, we're only producing a show once a week. So if I'm recording a few shows each week, it's pretty easy to get ahead pretty quickly. Exactly. I so, think you have content all the way until May at this point. Yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. So, yeah, exactly. So it's not, it's not too bad. It's just making that plan mm. and then knowing that you want to get that far ahead so that you have all that cushion in your schedule and you, you can take breaks when you need to. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right, Simona, you know that our, our audience is full of tireless lawyers who don't have time for a book that's not worth it. So what is your book recommendation that is worth it? So I love this book. I'm reading it right now. It is such an amazing book. I love everything Brene Brown. I think that she is, oh, yes. I love her research-based approach and blending the research with the energetics and like the spiritual, you know what I mean? Like I love that combination. So I'm reading her new book right now, Atlas of the Heart. Have you heard of it? I have, and it's on my list. Good. Yeah, I get everything through the library, so Mm. I am probably like 25 weeks away. We'll read it next year. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) But sometime, sometime in the future. Exactly. (laughs) And you know what I love about so the the subtitle I'm gonna I'm gonna read it because I'm gonna butcher it if I don't read it. But it says mapping meaningful connection in the language of human experience. And what I love Uh, about this book is that it translates into so many different industries. Your lawyers. You deal yeah. with people's emotions in their most heightened state at all yes. times, right? Yes. And so when you can understand that, so she goes into the book, I don't remember exactly how many numbers of emotions she goes through in the book, but it's like, I don't know, 60 or 80 or something like that, that they found different emotions. So when you can wow. understand that your client is coming to you in a panic and actually be able to take a step back and say, okay, you're coming to me in a panic, but what's really going on beneath this? I'm afraid to lose my house. You know what I mean? That's the emotion. And then that's where the empathy comes in. And then that's where the understanding comes in. And so I just think that it's such a great book because it reminds us that we're all humans. Like, yeah, it's a service-based business. At the end of the day, I have a service-based business. You have a service-based business. And so do the lawyers that are listening right now. It's about how you run your service-based business. How do people remember you? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I love any kind of topic where it, it kind of brings both sides of the brain together. So yeah. the kind of emotional and that side of the brain combined with the logical and the more analytical yeah. thinking. And so the numbers combined. And and I feel like that's a lot of the work that I do, bringing the creativity into the analytics of business and things like that and bringing mm-hmm. those two sides together. And, and that's what being a human is about. I mean, we, we don't live with half of our brain. We no. all, you know, <laughs> use both sides of our brains. And well, we I mean, sometimes, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, I know. Yeah, joking. there may be a few people that I know. <laughs> not mentioning any names. <laughs> no, nothing. But, yeah, exactly. But for the most part, a lot of people, I just saw a comment recently about one of our previous episodes, and they were saying that all this woo-woo stuff about running a law firm, and I don't know what that has to do. All Some of us just went to law school because we want to be trial lawyers. And I thought, really? And this particular episode was about really kind of kind of tapping into that empathy. And mm. I'm, I'm thinking, so my response was, can you imagine trying to appeal to the jury 
in your trial without using any emotion. <laughs> like that's just not happening. Exactly. They are making a decision. There's psychology behind that decision. And without recognizing or tapping into that or realizing that that is a significant part of your work, mm. that you have to connect on that level, you're never going to have the kind of success that you're aiming for. Exactly. And then as you're saying that, in addition to that, I'm thinking to myself, could you imagine having a, being on trial for something, anything, I hope that I, I would not yeah. do well. I would not do well if that was me. I'm just saying that right now. But yeah. imagine, and you're terrified. You know what I mean? Yes. Because maybe sometimes whatever you're on trial for, maybe you didn't mean to do it. You know what I mean? Right. And you're terrified. Or you didn't do it or at all. Or you didn't do yeah. it at all. And could yeah. you imagine having a trial lawyer who couldn't empathize with you and didn't care yeah. about you? Yeah. I could never, like I, I would, and no and one's going to want to refer you business at the end right. of the day. Exactly. And not only do they not care, they don't see any value in going down that road and like mm. even talking about the feelings and the emotions and the, you know, trying to connect with the jury. And they just think that's all a bunch of, you know, that's nah, not really, there's no real point in that. Let's just talk about like how much money we're going to win or whatever, you know, the really super overly analytical side yeah. of that brain is doing. So, you know, to try to set either side of your brain aside is it's just you know you're not going to kind of reach the levels or get to the success or accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish yeah by doing that it's just not going to work yeah it may have worked years ago it may have been a really you know good method years ago but I just don't think that that's the way society runs anymore you know with no. the way that things changed have changed in the world you know having to deal with people's mental health on a different level like all the more reason to show people empathy and caring and and that kind of thing and so when you say that, in my mind, I kind of feel sad for whoever that person was yeah. because it's kind of like, it's too bad that you don't get to experience what that feels like on, from the other side, you know? And that just shows exactly. emotional maturity to, to me, yes. you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they just don't, they're not like even recognizing the value of that whole side of life, really. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so good. Okay, we will obviously... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My whole podcast is talking about stuff like this, so I literally could go on forever. So we're going to have to cut this yes. off. <laughs> and I meant to mention it earlier. So Simona is also the host of Happiness Happens mm. podcast, which does tie into a lot of these topics and kind of how to bring all of that empathy and emotion and happiness into just your daily existence. And so definitely check that out. We'll obviously link to that in the show page and the show notes and all of that stuff. And yeah, that, that ties into kind of the closing. Simona Costantini is our podcast producer and the host of Happiness Happens. And it's such a great conversation. I know this is going to be a good one. We're going to get all kinds of information out to people who haven't even really considered the the details of what would go into making a profitable podcast. So exactly. thanks so much, Simona. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so honored and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.